Welcome affiliated listeners. Guys, I am super excited today and I hope you're excited because we're going to have an amazing conversation. And actually, um, for the first time on the affiliated, affiliated podcast, we are going to break somebody's podcast cherry, which might not sound appropriate, but I've said it and I can't back away from it now. Um, we have Ed Scow here today. Ed, how are you doing, man? So glad to have you. Um, really appreciate you coming in for this. Um, and just to make things better, of course, we are sipping on some tequila, which probably isn't corporate approved, but we're doing it anyway, <laughs> um, which just tells you this is going to be an amazing podcast. And we are going to be really unlocking and opening up, guys, some big secrets behind, I would say, the most successful email company out there, really the masters of this direct response email world. And Ed's going to be talking about really three subjects we're going to cover today that's going to improve the ROI and the money that you're making on your email list from deliverability to maximizing conversions. Um, I think it's going to be a really amazing conversation. So Ed, Ed, how are you doing today, man? Doing fantastic. Good, good, man. Well, I'm sure, how's the tequila, by the way, too? It's actually really good. I've never had this one. Um, Yeah, the bottle kind of looks like a genie should come out if you rub it, right? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so, um, oh, cool. Really excited to have you here today. Um, For those that don't know Ed, uh, you know, I'll give kind of a brief little just tidbit on how awesome he is. Um, not just as a person. Well, that's not that awesome. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, so Ed works uh, for iRoly Marketing, which, uh, you know, partners with Mike Geary, uh, which many people probably heard. He's kind of the, the one of the OGs of ClickBank. Uh, you and Ed bringing, or sorry, you and Mike bringing up, uh, I think probably the first and most biggest ClickBank client um, for you guys. But you've really been mastering email for a long time, being very profitable with that. And you said you're managing about 40 lists right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so email really is, your life, what you'd say, like outside of, you know, family and living in Nebraska, emails right up there in the top five. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, to, to get started on that, what we really want to talk about today is, is one of the biggest things I hear a lot of people struggle with um, oftentimes is deliverability of emails, mm-hmm. especially as it feels like ESPs continually don't want you to communicate with your customers, tuck things in promo tabs or just tuck it in a spam filter. It ends up being a huge issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know you guys do some amazing work on that. Um, I've had clients talk to you about it before. I've heard you discuss it before. Um, so that's really where I wanna start things off today. And then we're gonna touch a little bit based on some of the other secrets that you guys are using um, that make things really effective for you and why people wanna work with you might be so successful for so long. But first, let's talk a little bit about deliverability. <laughs> I guess that was a tequila slur there. Um, but with deliverability, what I really wanna, first we should kind of define. So when you define deliverability for me a little bit, people should know, but in case they don't, yeah, just talk about it. I mean, it's basically getting into the inbox so that you have a chance for someone to see your message, hopefully open it, hopefully click on whatever you have in there. So it's it's, yeah, it's, it's getting to the inbox, not getting bounced, not getting set to a spam trap or a spam folder or a promo tab in Gmail. It's, a, it's, it's getting to the inbox. Yeah, getting in there, right? Yep. And, and that's a big thing. So deliverability, lots of times think that's an email has been sent, but now it's that it's sent to where people actually read it. Because I don't know about you, I never open up my promos tab unless I've lost something. Right. Um, or I just am like, I want to go look for some swipes, right? But, <laughs> but that's obviously, we're not normal people. Right. You know, normal people don't go to the promo tab. <laughs> So let's discuss that a little bit. What I really want to talk about um, is I think some of the things that that you do, and a lot of this is in your nature as an individual that knows how to grind and just kind of work at it, is how do you find out if your your emails are actually being delivered? Because I think that's where a lot of people don't know. They might see like, man, my open rates on a send looked really low. Mm-hmm. But they have no idea why, right? Um, and they don't really know how to test if their emails are getting delivered. So, so let's kind of start from there with deliverability. 
and I even say like when you have a client or somebody you're working with and they're like, oh, I, I'm having an issue with that. Where do you start? Where do you tend to start talking with them about that? Um, I start just pouring over previous sins, previous stats, that sort of thing. Seeing what their suppression is, see how act like what active segments they're sending to, um, and just kind of see their history. So a couple things just to define real fast. Can you define suppression and active list? Like I know what you're talking about. Just to make sure anyone else. Yeah. Know. So those are two different sides of the same coin. So you can, if you're sending an email, you can suppress inactives, which are people who have not engaged. That's that's that pretty. That's clever. I, I <laughs> dropped it, and then it's a cool catch. Um, so it's suppressing people is not sending it to people who haven't engaged in a certain period of time. Either they haven't opened, or they haven't clicked in thirty days, ninety days, one hundred twenty days, whatever. And on the flip side of that is sending to the active people. So creating segments of people who have opened and clicked in a certain period of time, which a lot of people still, even with the iOS change, a lot of people don't pay attention to the clickers, um, which is a very important part of email for many reasons. For one, for the iOS thing, it's important, but also the people who have clicked on something that you have sent them are much more engaged. Like yeah. They've at least shown a tiny bit of interest. Maybe they didn't buy, but they didn't just open it, you know, and didn't get out of their boredom and hit delete. They, yeah, they, they they opened it, saw something that was that piqued their interest a little bit, clicked on it, and even if they stayed laid on stayed on the landing page for five seconds, at least they clicked. Yeah, so they're they're more engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so sending to actives is yeah, it's it's the opposite side of the coin of suppressing those inactives. And so what we usually try to do is send to active segments, and we, mm-hmm. and we rotate it up. Every send is a different one, um, depending on what the send is. If it's more content based. If it's more if it's more aggressive, it might get tightened up a little bit, because um, that has a big that has an impact on deliverability already, yeah. right? Because you're knowing, like you said, if you're not looking at those numbers and you're evaluating it, that's probably a pretty good sign why you might have deliverability deliverability issues, right? Yeah, yeah, and you know, because you don't want to send, you especially don't want to send to everybody. Once your list gets to a certain size, you you don't want to send to everybody all the time because then the ESPs are going to. What is that size, by the way? It depends on what the how the list is made up. Like if it's okay. more of a leads list versus a buyers list. Let's say buyers list. I think majority of people have buyers list in in our audience. Yeah, I would, I would say you're probably fine sending to everybody until you get to about thirty thousand people. Okay. Um, unless, unless your stats tell you otherwise, and then you're doing something wrong. Gotcha. You, know. so you might have different problems. Yeah, you, have, yeah, you probably have different problems. <laughs> um, Should I not email them three times a day with something that says buy now, buy now? Right. right. <laughs> like, oh, this, this it's the same email worked yesterday. I'm going to do the yeah. same one again tomorrow. Yeah. I'm going to do the same one the next day. Um, so anyway, so yeah. dial back. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just distracting you. Yeah. So, um, so when you come in, uh, you're looking at deliverability. You're going to look at the suppression. You're going to look at their emailing to actives. Yeah. Um, what are the numbers you're kind of looking at to tell you there might be a deliverability problem? Um, it's still mostly going to be open rate, even though those are those are inflated right now. Oh, really? The, well, because of the iOS. Gotcha. Okay. They're just counting everybody. Mm-hmm. Who, and it's and there's I don't think anybody has really kind of fully figured out. Oh, because they don't percentage. have unique opens anymore, yeah. right? Gotcha. Yeah. It's which is the dumbest thing in the world, because I guarantee you they didn't do it to themselves. Apple yeah. They, they're still getting this 
they're still getting the unique opens. Yeah. Well, side conspiracy moment. Like a lot of people want to be like, oh, Apple's being so altruistic. They care about customers. No, no, no. Apple's shutting the door on all the data they have. So they're the only ones that have it. If you think that Apple isn't looking at every single email people make or open and using all that data to sell them stuff, you're crazy. Like Google's doing the same. They just, they're just willing to say, I shouldn't have said, I'm sorry, but. (laughs) I did. So um, anyway, we won't go on that tangent. I, yeah. I've, I've had that plenty of other times yeah. with other people. <laughs> so and usually try to pay the most attention to Gmail because. Why that, is that? Because it's always going to be at least 50% of your list is going to be Gmail. Um, what know. What is like, what are the top three ESPs that people use? It's Gmail is by far the biggie. And then you get into the Verizon group. So you have Yahoo, AOL. There's it's, still AOL. There's like, still how often do you see AOL, AOL emails? There's actually a decent amount of them. And again, it's it's because, especially in the health and fitness space, a certain age demographic is our bread and True. butter. And yeah. those are the people that signed up for an AOL email address 20 years ago, and they still have it. Yeah. You know, you know I do appreciate their commitment. <laughs> I, I still have my original Hotmail account, and I'm like, hell yeah. I have like I have like two or three Yahoo accounts, but those are like my sneaky accounts that I keep, I keep tabs on other people to see if they're stealing. Mm, gotcha. Um, gotcha. So um, watch out for Ed's Yahoo account. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but so always look at, at Gmail first because that's going to be your, your biggest mm-hmm. needle mover. Um, places like Yahoo and, and AOL and Hotmail. Uh, Hotmail. It's MSN yeah. now, right? Yeah, whatever yeah. they call themselves. Uh, there's, they're always going to be massive pains in the butt be- with bounce rates mm-hmm. um, just because of the way that they determine that. Like, you can buy some, like if I can buy something from you and I want to see your messages, and I can whitelist you and all that stuff, and then they'll have some, you know, their their scoring system, and they'll just bounce you. Mm. You won't even hit spam. It was like, boop, nope. Yep, this never happened. Yep, the door doesn't even open. Yeah. You should work on ClickBank's deliverability because my domain gets blocked <laughs> all the time when I'm trying to communicate to clients. Probably doesn't help that I send, like, here's offers you should promote. So here's, like, five affiliate links in yeah. one email. <laughs> yeah, so, like, there's because of those companies, like, some – they affect different lists differently. Like it's it's usually not across the board having deliverability issues with those companies. So and it's it's intermittent. We have with our main list, we have issues with them all the time. But that's mm-hmm. because our we send to 1.3 million people a day plus a segment send, which could be anywhere from 200,000 to 600,000 people. That's a lot of emails. It is maybe a touch. Yeah. Um, but like going back to the suppression and the active segments, if I do start to see something with those companies where the bounce rates are just too high, I'll do, I'll still keep an active segment. Like I'll, we'll still send to an active segment of like 120 day openers plus six month clickers or whatever it is for that Mm -hmm. email. And then I'll suppress Yahoo, Hotmail and AOL and a couple other ones do like 14 day suppression on those. It's like anybody who hasn't engaged in the last two weeks from those specific companies doesn't even get sent to. And that way you could isolate just Gmail? Um, No. So the, the, point of that is um, it allows you to really decrease the amount of people that are getting that from mm-hmm. those IS from those email providers um, so then hopefully the open rates then are like 40% 50% because it's such a small number and yeah. then and then over time you do that for a week or so and then you see those numbers just consistently say ridiculously high again mm-hmm. you're not sending to a ton of people but the, the open rates and the click rates are really good then you can remove that suppression and then just go back to your normal sending and then two months later three months later it'll probably happen again you just have to keep an eye on it and then so is that so that's basically a way to just it's almost like 
that makes me think of like a detox. That's like an email detox, mm -hmm. a way to kind of boost it up. Let's go to the audience that's showing engagement yeah. to get our health back up so we could go to the ones that are less engaged and increase our, our audience size. Yeah, and I, and I go back to Gmail too. Like um, A lot of people always wonder, like, what's a, what open rate should I be you know, aiming for? Like, that's not really the question that you should be asking yourself because it's a, it's a catch-22. Mm -hmm. Like if you want me to maintain a 25% open rate in Gmail, fine, but I'm going to have to keep tightening up the suppressions yeah. sending to fewer and fewer people to maintain that number that you want. Mm -hmm. You're not going to make as much money. Mm -hmm. There's other other ways to do it. Like you have to figure out, okay, are we doing promo tab versus primary tab? What emails are being sent? Like maybe the emails just suck. Yeah. You know, like that's that's one thing that we focus a lot on is subject line testing from name testing. And we have like a, a group of us that interact on that stuff all the time. Like, mm -hmm. oh, this, this subject line crushed. Mm -hmm. So then we'll roll it out everywhere. And so those, those types of things are things that you can use, that we use when we want to open up. Like instead of keeping tighter suppression, like, okay, this subject line and from name crushes. Mm -hmm. So we're going to do a specific email to a broader range of people to try to reactivate them. So that mm -hmm. then our 30-day active segment is a lot bigger now. Yeah. After we broadened it up and, and got these people engaged because the subject line and from name was just so unique and just popped out of the inbox. Like they had to click on it. So how often are you testing subject lines and from? Because I will tell you just as a side note, I feel like that's a big area in the industry that I'm seeing, especially with new entrants. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's because like Facebook attention, things like that. I don't see as many people just testing the hell out of subject lines and definitely not from names. Right. Um, so like how often are you guys testing that? Um, for our, from our internal list, that's, that's our biggest testing ground and every day. Every email every day. that gets sent is a test, even including the paid rentals where somebody is paying us to rent our list. Mm -hmm. I'm still like, we're still split testing stuff. Like they'll give us their subject line and from name and um, like, all right, we're still going to split test two or three other things. And then sometimes if, it, if, if our test wins, we'll tell them and sometimes we won't <laughs> because sometimes it's like, oh, we have a similar offer to rent as an affiliate that I want to then test this, yeah. this from name that they didn't give me, mm -hmm. but I'm going to test it on this other offer mm -hmm. that I'll get more benefit from. Yeah. Um, so every email and like, um, the, the bigger list that we have that we can run out of Morrow post, um, we split test every single email of those two, either, either subject lines or from names or subject lines and from names mm -hmm. depending upon it. So like one of the things that I do every week when I, it's like I, on Mondays, I, I figure out what I want to send to all the managed lists and we have a system in place for it. And then either Tuesday or Wednesday, I'll sit down and there's, I don't know how many, I don't know how many lists that we have that are big enough in Morrow Post that split testing is actually good, like a good idea. It's actually mm -hmm. valuable because if the list isn't big enough, split testing isn't going to give you any valuable information. You won't get statistical significance. Yeah. yeah. You're like, this one might have done 100 clicks and this one did 102 clicks. Like, you wasted your time. Like, yeah. There's, there's no big deal. Well, it's, how many clicks do you really look at as like a good statistical significance then? What are you looking for? I don't even know. Because that, that would be dependent upon the email creator itself. Okay, so yeah, so let list, me let me. List size, how right? many? Yeah, list size. What's a list size that you think is a an, a good barometer for testing an email? I think once you can get to the point where you're sending, not your list size, but where you're sending to like between fifty and seventy thousand people. Okay. Then you can start to see some significance. You don't yeah. have to do it on every one of them. Yeah. But if you have if you have something that you specifically want to test, you can you can see some good data if with the if your active segment is that size. Yeah. yeah. Cool. That's good. Yeah.
Yeah, so then, like, like I was saying, I sit down Tuesday or, when, uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, and I figure out the split tests for all the lists that I don't want to split test stuff on. Mm-hmm. Just to kind of run through it. Like, okay, this is our control subject line and from name. Do I want to test a different from name for this? Like, mm-hmm. Maybe this has kind of gotten stale. Mm-hmm. You know, like we have, <laughs> like a, um, we have a f- subject lines about farts and poops. And <laughs> I do love. Yeah. I remember Craig, um, so mutual friend Craig Collins was talking a lot about, he's like, dude, poop kills every time. He's like, and the funny thing is we surveyed the list one time with, for blog articles, Mm -hmm. and I explicitly put one in there that had poop in it. Guess which one people said they wanted to read the least. When, you know, self-confirmation bias, right? Yeah. It was the poop one. And I was like, that's bullshit, man. I remember Craig, I was like, "Ah, that's bullshit. We know that they love poop. They just don't want to say that they love poop. Right. You can't admit that face-to-face with your... You know, with your friends, like, yeah. but you can't. Make I mean, the digestive system is. I'm a weirdo, up. but I definitely would admit it. I was like, oh yeah, I'll read everything about poop. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, farts, poop, pee, yeah. anything that you can talk about as a, as a kid, mm-hmm. and make people laugh. Like people still want to talk. They still want to know about that stuff. So, a lot of times, we can do with when I when I get to those, those emails when they come back around, I want to send them, is play around with the from names, because you can have so much fun with it. Yeah. Like the ones about pee, I, like I think the winning one we have for pee now is asparagus pee. Oh, we, yeah. that's great. That's yeah. super divisive, yeah, right? It is. Yeah. And then like, um, with <laughs> I can't believe we're going down this route, but like, <laughs> with, 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 like with poop, you can talk. There's like colors and shapes mm. and what's in it, right? What's in it? Like yeah, corn in your hey. poop. Yeah. What if it's like? It's not just corn that could be in your poop. Right. <laughs> the most common things you might find that could mean you have a health problem, right? right exactly. <laughs> like, that's not a cute thing that you have that in floating in your toilet bowl. And yeah. Then, and then, like, farts, like toxic gas, um, mm. egg farts. Ooh, know? egg farts. That's good. <laughs> you know, because they, it's a, if it makes me, if, when you get to those, if it makes me giggle, like, I'm going to run it. Yeah. Because it's probably going to win because it stands out so much in somebody's inbox. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, like, you know, I've got, like, an email from Apple, an email from, you know, Nordstrom's, an email from whatever, all boring stuff. And then they see, you know, toxic gas. What are your farts telling you about, you know, your, di- you know, the, your health or whatever? I would 100% click on it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if you put egg farts, like, do you have egg farts? <laughs> that could be a problem. I'm like, oh, right. f- <laughs> oh should I just say, we'll edit that out later. I shouldn't have said that. Sorry. Um, sorry, Taylor. <laughs> no, I think that's super great, though. Um, and it, also, like the laughing side of it, look at what the Harmon brothers do. Yeah. They know that certain levels of like being able to talk about something taboo mm-hmm. in a, in approachable, humorous way is what people want to do. It's yeah. going to drive a lot of clicks. Like unicorns pooping made people buy a lot of squatty potties. Exactly. An insane amount of squatty and potties. They shared the ads too. Yes. They were sharing ads. Yes. I didn't even know what they sold, but I knew that ad. And yeah. so, yeah, yeah, totally, totally right. I love that that's kind of like the, the barometer though. It's like, hey, yeah. if it makes me laugh, yeah. it's probably going to win. Yeah. That's really great. Yeah. Um, you know, and they don't always win. Sometimes the control wins. Like there's, there's stuff that the control has been winning for three or four years. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know why. It's why it's magic and special sauce, but mm-hmm. it does. But we still test. They still test. Like I don't. Uh, that is one thing that boggles my mind and bothers me. I know some people don't have the the audience to mm-hmm. test, yeah. So they have to rely on other people like us to do the testing for them mm-hmm. and get back to them and say, "Oh, like I beat your control, you know, by twenty percent." So give this to your affiliates instead. Like, yeah. Oh, thank you so much. But, um, but yeah, it's got to test constantly. Test. That's how you stay. That's how you stay kind of 
at a top level is yeah. constantly testing never never like settling on your laurels that this yeah. is all, this works okay, i've got to keep doing this one well and i'll tell you i think that's when it, it's a consistent thing the, the differences between the companies that are successful for a long time and the ones that are a fly-by-night success or the ones that never even achieve that is the volume of testing yeah. and the commitment to doing that. And, and we, we were talking earlier before we started recording the podcast, but kind of with your background, that idea of the commitment to hard work and grinding, that's what testing really is. Yeah. Because it is hard work and grinding. Yeah, and sometimes it's, it's fun, yeah. but sometimes it's not. Yeah. You probably lose more tests than you win, I'd imagine, oh, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. So testing is a function of lots of failure. Mm-hmm. Um, but remember, failure, like success is not measured by how many times you fail, just yeah. the fact that you succeed eventually. Yeah. So, um, no, that's a big one. And it's hard, too. Yeah. Like coming up with ideas that are going to make things stand out in an inbox, like it, it can be, it can get difficult. And it's yeah. not... A lot of times it's not fun. And people think, oh, I have to have a copywriter do that for me. Like, no, you don't. Just play around with it. Yeah, yeah. You don't Try have and have some fun even when right. it's not, right? You don't have to pay an overpriced copywriter to tell you what to send. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, especially I can't imagine hiring a copywriter, but like, can you do some subject lines and from names for me? That feels like a right. really expensive 10-word <laughs> right. kind of right. kind of cost there. Um, that's a lot of words a letter or <laughs> dollars a letter. So, uh, uh, so kind of going back to that, though, like, one of the things we, in the vein of testing, um, what do you do to test deliverability then? Like, how do you know that you're going to send out an email that's actually going to get to that that promotion inbox? Give me give me one tactic, and then we'll kind of talk, move on to some other things. Well, it's kind of fluid, actually. Um, so historically, you know, Mike figured this out that you know when we started to go to promo tab, and what like when everybody started to go to promo tab, and it started mm-hmm. to get really difficult to get into primary or your updates folder or whatever. Um, he figured out that like adding a question mark at the end of a subject line or adding dot, 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 or sometimes a colon or a semicolon mm-hmm. would basically trick Gmail hmm. into like just that one thing. Hmm. And it worked for us. It didn't work for everybody because we were still managing lists at this time. Mm-hmm. And it didn't work for all the lists. It just, it worked for some domains. Um, but it was funny to see other people start to do it too. Like they were just like, oh, they put a question mark at the end of the subject line. <laughs> you know, so it's like the Ron Burgundy. It's like, yeah. I'm Ron Burgundy. Um, <laughs> but it's like, but like, this so, is my colon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. These are my parts. Um, so he figured that out, and it didn't work. It it worked, and then it didn't work. Mm-hmm. And like, all right, got to figure something else out. And so, um, but like, it's it's not a secret. Everybody can just see our emails and some of the lists that we manage. Like we we put some content at the bottom of our emails, like a, a, a piece of genuine content. It's not gibberish. It's not something taken from a book. Mm-hmm. It's not a privacy policy. It's it's actual content that the person can look at and maybe click on something else. They don't always make it down there because there's some white space. Mm-hmm. But that has helped us to get in us and some of the other lists that we manage. It, it, again, it hasn't helped all the lists, um, but it's helped go from promo to primary. And, um, and how long have you guys been doing kind of that content ad? Like how long has that been working for you? The one at the stuff at the bottom? Yeah. Um, that's a good question. I can't remember. And we have a few things that we rotate through because, again, just like it doesn't work for all lists, all content doesn't work all the time. Mm-hmm. Like we've we've found a few things that work, and we found some things that work sometimes, and some stuff never works. Mm-hmm. It's like, and we still haven't quite figured out what it is. Like it because it's because it's Google. We st- like I I am of the mind that it has to be some sort of SEO game, mm-hmm. keyword frequency, yeah, that sort of thing. Um, but that hasn't, I haven't figured out, like I've, I've, I've gone down the rabbit hole of pointing out the keywords, counting them up, 
figuring out the percentage that it is and doing all that stuff. And I'm like, I can't figure out a rhyme or reason. So I'm just envisioning you in your office with like just, you know, the red string and like all these words <laughs> right. with all these emails printed out. You're like, I think I found <laughs> right. the co- the Google like, secret. Hair all crazy. <laughs> Sweat pouring out. Yeah, your armpits. wife's like, I haven't seen you in four days, Ed. <laughs> I know, I know. But look at this. Look at this. Um, and then... Um, well, I was going to say, though, really what I'm hearing from that is, like, a lot of this is ebb and flow. Yes. So it's just trying out and testing things and never feeling like there's a bad thing to try, but you have to constantly say One of the reasons I brought up the content thing or I wanted to dive into that is we have seen a lot of, especially with the change in iOS and what it impacted with Facebook, a lot of traffic sources, when they're just purely selling-oriented, it's just performance, yeah. hard, aggressive selling – the life on that stuff is getting shorter and shorter and yeah. shorter and more expensive and expensive and expensive to run. So we're seeing a lot of people with more sustained success when they bring the content in. Yeah. So we could ma- marry you know, performance with content um, and these worlds of creators and marketers start to come together and it seems like that's oftentimes successful. It sounds like it's been successful for you guys recently as well. Yeah, and so like- Not all the time, but Right, oftentimes. and what you're, but what you're talking about is a little bit different than what I was oh, talking okay. about. Um, but. I'll touch on that in just like 30 seconds. But okay. Another thing that is very important to even figure out, you know, if it's, if what you're doing is working is to have, you have to have a couple seed accounts with Gmail that tie into where it's going because to like both Mike and I have a Gmail account that when we send test emails to it before we set up a campaign and if it hits primary, we know that like 95% of the time that's what's going to happen on the live send. If it hits promo in the test, 100% of the time it's going to hit promo. And so, so we, we play around with tests, like we'll test every single campaign before we set it up to go live because we have a couple of Gmail accounts. And sometimes like, I'm like, like if I'm setting up, I'll say like, hey, like three of these went to primary, but one of them went to promo in the tests. Can you test it on yours and see if you got the same thing? Because, you know, and usually it's, it's the case. And so then we'll have to figure out, okay, what happened with that one mm-hmm. that went to promo versus primary? Like what was different about it? And sometimes you figure it out, sometimes you can't, and you just have to totally change it and then retest. And like, oh. um, so having a, having a seed account that matches the live send is super valuable yeah. um, to, to being able to pay attention to your deliverability. And I, that's one of those things that a shocking amount of people don't do. Yeah. They just don't, it doesn't sound like that hard of a step, um, but (laughs) a critical one, you know, to to think about, because realistically on your ESP, you have a lot of blindness Mm -hmm. when you send out an email in terms of deliverability, which I think one of the challenges, but yeah, doing something as simple as some seed Gmail accounts. Um, I don't know if you'll be able to get an AOL account, but maybe you don't need to worry about that too much. But but yeah, if you get Gmail in there, you're probably pretty good. So um, no, that's a big one. So, well, let's transition that now into that that 30 second little open loop that you you (laughs) created for us there. So (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about that content blend then. Yeah, so like what we do, and there's still some people to this day that don't understand, they think we're stupid. Like, yeah, we're stupid. We've been doing this for years, <laughs> spending God yeah. knows millions of dollars on paid ads and, yeah. and making other people millions Such of dollars. Such a bunch like, of we're, idiots. Yeah, we're dumbbells. <laughs> we don't know what we're doing. But we'll have, so say like a couple years ago, you know, research was the hottest thing going. Mm-hmm. Um, coincided with with COVID. Gosh, that was a couple years ago. Does that feel weird? Yeah. I just have to have like old guy moment of like, oh, that was <laughs> yeah. over two years ago. Yeah. And so like, you know, we figure out, we get the creatives from from Brad and his team 
like these are our creative these are our control creatives like all right so then we'll test them and we'll do some image testing and see like what see if we can improve upon what he sent us over and then once we find something that works um we'll start to include it below our blog posts mm-hmm. um so like a big like I, I think probably our best one consistently is a blog about baking soda and your death your risk of an early death which we didn't come up with that that was jake at alternative daily that was his subject line combo but it was like subject line of baking soda from name early death continues to perform i don't know why people like baking soda but they love baking soda i already want to open this email yeah i, so I didn't see like it i was like oh man I, i'm curious so it's like a so that's a subject line from name there's a two-sentence intro in the email itself with the link to the blog post mm-hmm. so that's that's the first thing that people see and then below that is um, a headline for research because that's the example. Which the headline was the winning subject line when we sent would send it as a solo. Hmm. Um, and then below that would be the creative that we have that's the winner. So just to just kind of break this down. So what you'll what you end up doing oftentimes is I'm assuming you guys test the winning subject line. Yep. And then once you have that, it's like great. Now let's plug it into what we know is already our content that people just eat up like crazy from yep. open rate perspective. Yep. So we're pairing two testings to know that this is going to work and the opens disconnected from what the ads going to be. Yep. So you kind of like, again, what we're doing is we're hiding the selling process yep. in a way that, that invites people in to come into it openly and actually listen. Right. Yeah. And it's kind of like a sponsorship style like mm-hmm. doing air quotes as though people can see me. Yeah. Um, th- thanks for explaining <laughs> that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, it's a sponsorship style email, but we're sort of giving people real content first and then we're trying to get money from them at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times when we, when it works, when we can figure out a secret sauce with an offer that works with it, um, we can oftentimes make more money with that than we can if we ran that ad as a solo, that offer mm-hmm. as a solo. But more importantly, we can run that winning creative 10 times longer than anybody else can. Wow. Because it doesn't get burned out because yeah. we've got like 10 different blogs that we run above it. And so like, like if we, even if we do it like once a week, we can still we can continue mm-hmm. to do it, and it won't burn out that creative. It won't burn out that offer. Whereas mm-hmm. you know a lot of people, you, again using research as the example, like they could only run that for like three months mm-hmm. because they only had one email creative, yeah, or two email creatives, and then like they people just tuned out. Mm-hmm. Like, eh. I think I've seen that before, so I'm, yeah. not, I'm not that interested anymore. And realistically, you're getting a diminishing return on every single send when you're doing a solo. Yeah. Versus that blog wave, like. Yeah, you get new audiences and new people, and I imagine your open rates are probably higher than what you even got from the initial solo yep. on something like that. Yep, and it's treating your list as though they're human beings mm-hmm. and not just hammering them over the head with aggressive solo after aggressive solo. You're not you're not treating them like a number. You're not treating yeah. them like somebody you're just trying to get to pull out their wallet and hopefully give you some money. Yeah, because that's uh, like the, that's churn and burn, and it's. Mm-hmm. I mean, if that's fine if you're super aggressive on the front end too, mm-hmm. and you're constantly bringing in enough people to match the people you're losing mm-hmm. from unsubscribing or marking you as spam, um, or just disengaging or just, or just because disengaging they're tired tuning of tuning out. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, some people just like me, I just don't open it. Right? I yeah, just sit but we there. Don't count. <laughs> I know. Well, I'm <laughs> in my normal email life. <laughs> my wife goes nuts because I have like ten thousand unread emails oh my in my email. Yeah. I just stopped. Well, it got to a point. It's like. It got to the point where I was like, I'm not going to go through this. Like, <laughs> it's gotten so bad. I'm like, eh, I'll just open the emails I actually want to read. So it just <laughs> continues to grow. Um, but no, I, I, I love that, though. I think that's really, really great because a lot of people find themselves in that cycle often mm-hmm. where, where you're just uh, 
feel like you're constantly having to fill your bucket, which has too big of a hole at the bottom. Yeah. Um, and that could be stressful. So, um, no, I think that's really brilliant. And it, I think, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, it's important to note, too, like just like what we were talking about the del- deliverability stuff, like this doesn't work for every offer. Mm-hmm. Like it's, there's, there's, there's usually just, like weight loss offers are the biggies. And for like, I was talking about the poop and the fart. There's a couple digestive offers that work well below that. Not, but not, like there's, there's some digestive offers that do amazing as a solo ad, but they, mm-hmm. it's like, all right, well, we need to try to plug this in underneath some of our digestive blogs, digestion blogs, and they don't work. Okay, hmm. bomb. And Interesting. Like, like, oh. so, Have you been able to figure out maybe what that delineation is or no. just test and see? Yeah, it's just got to be test and see, and yeah. sometimes it does well and sometimes it doesn't. Well, I think that transitions nicely into, because especially the blog style that you talked about and really making it look like a sponsorship, I think that transitions nicely into something that, we hear oftentimes, uh, I'm sure you've heard a lot, which is this idea that the email's dead. People are always trying to kill email. Like, mm-hmm. holy crap, I don't know why people want to kill email, but try and kill it. Right. Um, but I've actually been recently reading a lot recently that emails, especially for younger generations and, and really all generations, is actually quite a bit on the rise because a lot of the the daily the daily email that people get. Like, so I actually subscribe to several daily emails. They're probably one of the few things I open, um, but are just newsletters. They're aggregations of mm-hmm. things that you get daily. So are you guys kind of seeing the same thing and maybe list rentals or kind of, I guess one of the things I want to talk about is this concept of email being dead. So when you hear people say that, what are your responses or your thoughts around that statement? It's definitely not dead. I've been hearing that for so many years. And um, like we had touched on this before, like, I think that started when people just instantly thought about, okay, the boomers are getting older. There's going to be some point where they're just not going to be active anymore. And especially mm-hmm. in the health and fitness space, which is where we are, that's our bread and butter. Yeah. Younger people, we don't care about you. You're not going to buy our stuff. You're not going to mm-hmm. buy our cookbooks or all that yeah. stuff. And you're not, and if you do, you're not going to engage afterward. They're, they're too like, confident that they're healthy regardless of their right. poor decisions. Right. <laughs> right. So it's like, like, oh, these people are getting older. They're all going to start dying soon. And these young people don't use email at all. And, they, and then it's like, no, they have to at some point. They're going to get a job. They're going to want to sign up for something because just with the information age and hobbies and how easy it is to figure things out, like, oh, I want to learn how to do this. I'm going to search for it on the web. Maybe I go to YouTube. Oh, they have a newsletter. They can supply tips for this thing that I want to learn more about, whether it's a, a hobby or politics or money or something. People are still interested in things. Mm-hmm. And so and they want to... People do, I think, want to learn about stuff, and mm-hmm. so yeah, so, so yeah, I I totally agree that it's it's definitely not dead, it's not dying, regardless of the what, you know, the ESPs try to do to make, you know, make it game the system just like they did for SEO, so it's just a handful of companies that get to the inbox, mm-hmm. which is what they're trying to do. Um, it's it's not dead, it's not dying, you just have to be. It's like everything. It, it changes. Mm-hmm. So you have to be willing to evolve with the changes. You have to be fluid enough to see what's going on and, and change and adapt. Otherwise, if you don't, then yes, email is dead for you. Yeah. But it's not because email is dead. It's because you suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, that's a big point of it, right? Because it's definitely the way email that you were treating it five years ago yeah. versus the way you guys do it now can't even barely look the same, I'd imagine, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. With whether it's deliverability, convergence, and so on and so forth. But I'd imagine so some trends, like, it sounds like some trends you're seeing right now, though, is that content is starting to maybe be matter more than it has in the past. Like, what are some of those changes that you're seeing, especially, say, with the iOS update? What are some of the things and pivots that you're willing to share that, yeah. that you guys have started adjusting with? No, I do think content matters. 
you know, it doesn't have to be a ton of content. It doesn't have, like every day doesn't have to be pure content. That's mm-hmm. that would, because we'd all go broke. Um, yeah. But it is. I just I don't know if it's like a psyche sort of a thing, but it's like it's just treating people as though you care about them. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of but just Ed, don't does that mean I have to? Right. <laughs> I mean, there's always going to be people out there that disagree. You're like, nope, just go balls to the wall, mm-hmm. sell, sell, sell. Like, all right, your list is dead in six months. Yeah. You know, but it's it's. I do think that that is a very important thing is treating treating your list as though they're individual people. And sure, like even if you get like a twenty percent open rate, that means eighty percent of the people didn't engage with you. But those twenty percent that did, you want them to have a good experience. Mm-hmm. And there's always going to be people that complain. There's always going to be people that reply like, "Why do I? Why do you keep sending this sixty-minute video? Why can't you just tell me what the number one secret is?" <laughs> because we want you to buy something. Yeah, that email cost us money to send to you. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, so. So yeah, I do. I I do genuinely think that the content is becoming more and more important. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think a lot of it is, is consumers get savvier yeah. and they expect more. Um, and, and I, it's not hard to look at what's changed in our world mm-hmm. um, over the last couple of years and the way that people engage with content online. Yeah. Um, so I, I think one of the big things we've probably seen with email is the fact that um, you know as we see traditional media continue to wane in popularity. Um, you know, email and the content that, that's delivered through us becomes the, the primary source, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to my local gas station to get my newspaper. I'm opening up my inbox to see what they've sent me that day. Yep. Um, and, and now I'm curating that to the news or the information that I want to receive daily. Yeah. Um, but that comes at a, at a large cost that I'm expecting to deliver value. And I think those expectations have been changing over the pandemic um, because so many people started looking for information elsewhere right. um, at, at large numbers. I mean, they still were, but I think we've seen it grow a lot. And people that don't deliver that, you might you might have some struggles. So yeah. I think the problem also is that like we were always like we meaning the direct response mm-hmm. world uh, were lumped in with this whole clickbait thing. You know when mm-hmm. that became a when that became an actual word clickbait. Yeah. Um, but the like the newspapers and the big media companies are by far the worst when it comes to clickbait. Still yeah. are like yeah. like I have like I told you I have those women's Yahoo. health. Holy crap. Yeah. Like I have those I have these secret Yahoo accounts that I use to keep track of people to figure out if they're stealing stuff, um, which is always fun. <laughs> like, hey, knock it off. Um, like, knock it off or you're getting shut down. Yeah. Um, or else a lawyer is going to tell you much more aggressively than me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just block them out. Like, nope, nobody's sending for you ever again. Gotcha. Um, I get very vindictive. <laughs> but like, We'll get to your vindictive corner a little bit. Don't worry. We're going to spend some time with vindictive Ed. Don't worry, guys. But like, like the in those Yahoo accounts, they, they have their own headlines because they want you to click over to the Yahoo News or whatever. Yeah. And their headlines are always the most clickbaity things in my inbox. And it's it's shocking. It's like, like yeah, people don't trust you anymore. Mm-hmm. Like we're we're supposed to be the bad guys. Yeah. You know. Well, and if you think about like people that are like, oh, we have to make money, and, and there's content creators that like lament the idea that content has to have monetization behind it. But I'm like, main media has been producing content with monetization in mind at the most aggressive levels mm-hmm. with reducing eyeballs. Yeah. So you could see that their aggression continues to dial up. And you're totally right. Like, Because I always think some of the best headline or subject line ideas come from looking at magazines on stands. Yep. They, they do an amazing job with that. If you look at people or, yep. you know, they, they have all sorts of very clickbaity things to get you to grab a $5 magazine and buy it, then flip through it. So It's, all, it's always the same every month. 
It is. It's exactly the same. There's a weight loss one. There's a sex one. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're, one. they're great if you're looking. Like, I still I would go there for subject line and headline <laughs> advice constantly. Right. Just um, stand in the checkout line with a Snickers bar. <laughs> yeah, like, right. That's all I want, but I'm yeah. looking at all these. Yeah, and then I just look a weirdo because I'm looking at women's health. <laughs> they're like, I think he's really attracted to that 55-year-old woman that's smiling. I'm yeah. like, no, no, I'm not a weirdo. <laughs> I just missed Bat Boy on National Enquirer. Right. So. <laughs> um, but so, so kind of, I don't know where I was going to go with it, but I, I, just to kind of recap on a couple things here. So I think one that we really talked about is with deliverability first, really look at what groups you're sending to, mm-hmm. who you're suppressing, and who you're actually inviting and, and targeting. Create yourself a little account to observe and then test. Right, you need to have the tools in place. Look at the numbers of okay, yeah, an open rate's an open rate. Um, if not good, start looking and seeing like who am I suppressing um, and who am I actually sending it to. On top of that, make sure that I have a honeypot account or whatever you like to call it, uh, but an account where we could really test and see yep. what the deliverability is, and then ultimately be testing all the time. Like every single email, every single day is an opportunity to test something, and don't miss that opportunity to do so. On top of that, we talked a lot about like content mattering being super important um, and kind of blending that in there. But again, it kind of goes back to testing and making sure that works. Um, and then uh, we just covered something else. I can't seem to remember because we covered it. Okay. <laughs> There's lots of value and tidbits in there. Um, but the, the, I think the next thing I want to talk about is kind of like, so that's you guys in the email standpoint. Mm-hmm. The last thing I'm going to say about this is for all the people here in this, like, oh man, that sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> and I don't want to do all that work. Well, the great thing, and we'll do this at the end, you could always just work with Ed potentially. <laughs> right. Just if you're like, hey, I don't like all the things you just said. That's great, <laughs> but I don't want to do any of it. Um, you know, just working with Ed is the fastest path to doing that. So we'll, we'll share that in a little bit. Of who is the right person for you to work with and how they could get in contact with you if, if you want to share that. But the next thing I want to talk about is, you know, you guys mentioned 40 list. You're one of the biggest affiliates on our platform. Mm. And that means that you constantly walk into rooms and you are the most attractive girl <laughs> in the room relatively, right? Like, I'm sure I, I've seen it before and I've seen people, like, I feel like when you walk into events, especially masterminds, it's like, you're like the Beatles to people. They're trying to like gravitate towards you, um, which I imagine creates a lot of like frustration for you more in the way that people engage with you. So, so we have a lot of people that are always like, how do I work with a super affiliate? So this is where I want to kind of create an opportunity because you mentioned like vindictive ed um, <laughs> to talk about the things that people should stop doing when they go to engage with you. And as a super affiliate, as we want to use that term that mm-hmm. I know it's thrown around often, um, but what are some of the things that affiliate managers or offer owners need to stop doing? Give me three things and we'll call this kind of Ed's cranky corner here <laughs> um, to just give yourself a platform to say, please stop doing this stuff. Just don't yeah. do it. Um, especially, and this is probably advice that's good for any super affiliate that people want to engage with. By far my biggest one is, and there used to be people out there that taught this, like would teach like people in beginner stuff and have masterminds that would say like, treat your affiliate as though they're the laziest person in the world. Obviously or not, you're like, if you're a successful affiliate, you're not lazy. Yeah. You're working your ass off. But what that means is you give them what they need in the least amount of work for them possible. So like if I get an email from somebody, and this happens all the time from people who are seasoned vets, who are friends, like people who are friendly with, acquaintances with, who know me, to new people who are wanting me to send their offer, us to send their offer. If you send me an email, they're like, hey, um, got this new offer, got this new these new creatives, and it's like a, a, a link to the landing page, and then a link to a Google document that has like 10 different email creatives in it. Mm. 
you know, or whatever that's, that I'm supposed to scroll through and figure out what I want to send. It's, it creates more work for me. It creates more work for my team to then figure out what we want to do. It's like, no, if you want me to send, if you want an affiliate, not just me, if you want an affiliate to send you traffic for free to you and send you customers, of course you're getting paid for it. The affiliate is getting paid, but you're asking someone to do something for you. You're asking mm-hmm. someone to send you people. Make it as easy as possible. Copy and paste that email creative so it's formatted properly directly in the email. Attach the image so that it's easy to get to if there is an image. Mm -hmm. Make it in a format that is easy to see because whether or not somebody has team members that this stuff needs to get delegated to it or not, you just want to make it so it's copy and paste for them. Like, oh yeah, this looks looks really cool. I'll run this next week. I'll run this tomorrow because I don't know what I'm going to run. But you've presented the information right there and I don't have to go clicking around to try to find everything. Mm-hmm. That's by far and away the biggest thing. Is treat your treat your affiliate as though they're lazy. Yeah. But again, knowing that they're not. I'm not lazy, but treat me like I'm lazy because it means you're giving me stuff without me having to do extra work. Yeah. Well, I, it's really it's removing friction, right? Yes. Like it that'd be like asking your buyer to go through and like do a shit ton of work to click on the CTA. Well, mm-hmm. you know, I want you to kind of sift through all this stuff first, decide what button or option yeah. you like. And so the more clicks we create, that creates less conversions. Yep. Why would that be any different with affiliates, yeah. right? So and like like even there was somebody who is through a broker renting some of the lists that we manage um, and like a lot of sometimes when that happens, I'm like, hey, let me test as an affiliate because it might work better. Like if it works better for us, then I can send you everywhere and mm-hmm. include you regularly rather than you having to put the risk on yourself. Mm-hmm. It's like let me like we're we're friendly, we're acquaintances, like let me do this. Um and so like this this happened probably like two months ago. I told him that. And his response was that would be amazing. And he sent me a Google document that was like fifty pages long. Holy he's like, shit. He's like, go through this and tell me what you want to send. I'm like, no. <laughs> 50 page what yeah. was in there just a, like like uh every offer, swipe like, ever it was like it like started off with like here's what the offers are like here's this page here's this page mm. here's the here's the hook of this here's the hook of that and then it just went into like creatives and creatives and creatives like no you yeah. tell me what your best one is and i'll run that yeah like, i'm not gonna go through this google doc and figure out what to run yeah it's your job yeah yeah you know that's been a, a that's consistent feedback i give to a lot of offer owners like listen like do not give somebody and if you're going to give somebody multiple creatives you need to have a conversation well before then with like listen mm-hmm. i need to test some creatives <laughs> so i'm going to send you a couple like let's right. talk about that before you ever see them right that's yeah. a different conversation it's a totally different conversation and so it's like but if not you're sending one creative that should be the best for their list yep. with a link attached to it yep so they don't have to do anything yep. um as much as possible right they might right. still have to do something but how you can make it as easy as possible especially for large affiliates it should be for all of them but especially for large affiliates like you're just you're just hurting yourself yeah and i do understand i do understand the their point of view the affiliate manager's point of view the the vendor's point of view to a certain degree like they're saying hey they're trying to make it easy for themselves like mm-hmm. if i have one google doc that i send everybody to that's easier for me i don't care it's not about you but then, yeah but then also they also like if somebody sends multiple creatives in a google doc they sometimes their response is like, oh, I just wanted you, you know your lists better than me. I wanted you to see, have different options and so that way you can see which one to go out. Like, no, give me the best one. Yeah. Because that's always going to be the best one. Yeah. It's it's not that difficult. Yeah. 
So here's one thing that, um, just to go off that, because I think sometimes there is, um, especially seeing where, where people don't have an in-house list to test mm-hmm. on, right. sometimes they have insecurity about what is the best one. Yep. So what I've been, I, I often tell people is like, well, hey, if it's a big affiliate, what you should do, if you can, if they're open to it, is go, hey, I want to get you the best creative possible. We have multiples and we're not sure, you know, lots of different results. Can you send me for the list that you think you'd send this to? Can you send me some winning creative so I can make sure you get the best one for your audience yeah. or something like that? Or I, I actually normally tell people, like, if it's a big affiliate, say, I want to create a custom creative based on the best creatives that are already winning for you. Yeah. So you have the good results if you don't have one that's already proven and winning. Right. Yeah. It's and really. And I should put that caveat. If you don't have one that you know is going to win, <laughs> exactly. like if you don't feel confident. Yeah. And, and really that's kind of the, the second part of it where, um, just being open and honest and upfront. Like, don't come into this conversation thinking that you have to be something that you're not. Like, if you're if this is new and it's test, like if you're sending me something to test out, tell me it's new and unproven and untested because that puts me in a different mindset. If you're sending me something and you don't tell me that it's new and nobody else has sent it, but you're super, like you send me an email, I'm super excited about this new creative and I test it and it, and it bombs and I go back to you and I was like, this sucked. They're like, oh, we were just testing something new. It's like, I'm never running your offer again mm-hmm. because you didn't tell me that up front. Like I had, I had in my mind that this was already proven by other, like by you or by other people and it's gonna do well. And come to find out it was completely and totally unproven. Your copywriter just wrote it and you sent it to me and you didn't tell me it was new and I tested it out and it sucked. Whereas if you told me it was new and untested, that changes my frame of mind, my frame of reference. Like, okay, this is testing it out. I'm gonna. I'm okay if it doesn't do that well. I'm gonna send it to like these five lists, um, get some information, gather it back, and then be honest. Like if it does well, sweet, I'll run it everywhere. If it doesn't do well, I'll go back to that person and say, hey, there's probably a disconnect here and here and here. Like work on something different. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's like the, that's where the like that's another thing. It's like being open and upfront and honest immediately in the conversation. Well, I think that's a big one because I hear a lot of the feedback. They're like, well, they didn't say anything. Well, they didn't mm-hmm. tell me how it did. And that especially. sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, was, and I always hear that. And it's like, well, did you ask them what success looked like before you even sent yeah. them the creative, right? If you didn't know what those success requirements are going to look like. Because you've probably seen before people come back to you and they're really jazzed because like, oh, that EPC was great. Weren't <laughs> right. you so excited? Right. I'm like, well, no, because no, I only had like a, a hundred clicks and I was right. expecting 500. So right. it made me shit, right? Yeah. Um, but but that's that's a big disconnect that people have to worry about. Um, so, so I think that open and honesty of being like, okay, hey, like first, what are your expectations? So I know, um, but then here's kind of where we're at with the situation. I think that's a big part of it. And you're right, a lot of people don't do that. Um, probably because they're nervous. Right. They think if they say that, you're gonna be like big mean Ed and be like, I don't need you. Right. Like no time, get out of here, right? Big mean Ed, I'll just ignore you. Or it's because just be ghosted, right? Um, we've all been, for those who've been on Twitter or Tinder, they're used to it. They've been ghosted before. Um, no, I, I think it's big. Not enough people just, it, you don't need to peacock. Just mm-hmm. be honest about where you're at. So what's your third biggest uh, pet peeve or cranky Ed corner? I mean, stealing is a big one. Um, Let's talk about that a little bit. So I, I think that's because this, this has been a constant thing. Um, and I was just having a conversation with somebody yesterday about we live in a world where in reality, the direct response world, marketing and the creative 
intellectual property, what you do is really the, the advantage you have over anyone else. Yep. And, and because everything's so public and everybody's watching everybody, that creative advantage has a relatively short life, but, but that is your distinct advantage over everybody. Yep. So you have this balance of, I want to share to maybe help and lift and, and build up the industry, but at the same time, those things that I'm sharing, as soon as I share them, they become less effective yeah. and less of an advantage for me within the industry. So and how do you clear, kind of balance that stuff? And what, when, is, when is stealing go wrong versus, yeah. Right, and to be, to be clear, there's, there's a big difference between stealing and borrowing. Like you can take, if you see something that's working and somebody's doing it consistently, not even just email, but like uh, like a PPC ad or a Facebook ad or whatever, native ad, whatever, um, or a headline on a sales page, there's a difference between just directly copying and pasting it and saying, oh, okay, this works. Like how can I, how can I do that for my my offer? That's different. That's what mm -hmm. we all do. That's, that's, yeah. that's normal. Um, but when you actually just directly copy and paste everything, you know, that's, and you, and you just like steal a creative and send it to a different offer or you take an image that you see is working for an offer and you use it for your creative, um, that's where it tends to get cranky. Or if somebody steals the entirety of our blog, which has Oof. happened twice now, Oof. yeah, and just uses it as their own, hmm. takes all the links, swaps out their, our links for their, their affiliate ID. Oh man. Yeah, that's that, pretty dirty. That's, that's pretty really dirty. dirty. But yeah. it's like people are just like, it's it is unfortunate that there's a lot of people that are in a, in our industry that are that shady that have no qualms about stealing IP. It's like mm. we have so little like true assets yeah. in the direct response world. Like, and when you find something that works and it works consistently, and then somebody just takes it from you, like that's that's not cool. Mm -hmm. And I'm not even talking about our offers or um, email creatives that we've paid to have a copywriter write and that work well I'm talking like if I see somebody doing it to somebody else like I'll tell that other person like hey so-and-so is ripping you off yeah reach out to them and tell them to knock it off or they're gonna be you know get a DMCA. get their wrist slapped or yeah. blackballed not even we don't go like DMCA <laughs> just like blackball them from the industry like, yeah. never promote this person ever again because they're thieving well I think one <laughs> of the things that about that especially with someone like you or, or just it's where sometimes we feel like, oh, this world's so big, there's a lot of people, it's global, but but it's really not, yeah. right? At the end of the day, like the actual core individuals that get this to move, it's a lot smaller than you think it is. Yeah. So so those kind of bad actions, yeah. um, I guess you're just not hoping for a long business life or right. you're just gonna change your name and your company name. Yeah, and like, it is, it's just like anything else, like the golden rule, just yeah. be decent. Yeah. You know, it all. T everybody has to work to kind of get to a level that they wanna be at and we all, Anybody who's at a higher level started out at a really low one, and mm. most of us that have maintained a high level struggled to get to get there. Like, failed a lot, and uh, just kept pushing through it. So, it's like, yeah, we understand that struggle. Mm -hmm. so, so again, it's like, be open and upfront. Don't be a douche. Mm -hmm. Don't steal because you think that's the short the shortcut. Mm -hmm. Because it usually doesn't even work anyway. Yeah. Because there is a lot of times a magic sauce between headline and creative and, and offer itself. And mm -hmm. if you just steal something and use it for your own because you see somebody else running it all the time, it's probably not gonna work anyway. Yeah. Because there's a disconnect. Yeah. Like there's there's something in the in the ether that disconnects people. Well, and I'd actually, like stealing does yourself a disservice to growth anyway. Yeah. Because it, what, what you're talking about before when you borrow, I don't think it's even borrow, it's to decode. If you decode yeah. somebody else's marketing when they're doing something, 
that allows you to replicate with an idea of why. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting. I mentioned kind of that. Um, I think I was talking about that talk that I was at that mastermind yesterday that they had, and and it was this Northwestern professor. And um, I, there was somebody else that was talking about like, well, what did you really get out of that? And I said, what I got out of it was where there might not be tactical things. You could think of like, I'm going to do this one trick that oftentimes you get a mastermind to hear like, oh, put this on your order form and you'll get this conversion. Mm-hmm. And I always go, that's a really dangerous place to be because tactics fade and tactics don't, they're not, they're not universal. Yep. Um, but what are is principles. The principles behind tactics are what you need to understand. So when you're you're copying, you're stealing, you're losing the core of what you need, which is the principle behind why it worked. Yeah, definitely. When you understand principles, that's what grinding is for. That's how you grow as a marketer. That's how you find consistent success later. And that's how people start stealing from you, <laughs> <laughs> is you understand the yeah. principles to replicate that for your business, for your offers, and for your future. Yeah, so. it is always short-sighted. It's like, yeah. you're, not, you're just not paying attention. Yeah, yeah, it's it's silly, silly stuff. So first, make it easy for your affiliates. Treat them like they're lazy, not because they are, but because they're so busy, yeah. you want to make things easy for them. Um, second, um, what was the second one? Shoot, I already forgot. Be honest. Yeah, be honest, yeah. <laughs> set expectations. <laughs> so uh, yeah, set proper expectations where you are and what you're getting from your And one thing I'll put on that is set the expectations. I imagine it's nice when... How nice is it when affiliate managers are like, what do you need? What do you need to see to be successful? Yep. I can't tell you how few affiliate managers ever have that conversation. It blows my brain. Mm-hmm. Like, why would you not just say, hey, what does success look like to you? So I could all of a sudden be proactive instead of waiting and be like, oh, I, I wonder if Ed liked that set. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, I've even sent some offers to you before, and the offers are like, do you, do you think it did well? I was like, why did you not find out beforehand? <laughs> what well looked like like i introduce you to him you could talk to him and ask the question um so and then last is don't steal don't be a pile of crap um is a big one so well cool man i really appreciate the last thing i want to kind of talk a bit about in circle we we've covered a lot of information today we talked about hey if i don't want to do what you said but i really think there's value in it how do i work with you what are the kind of clients that you want to work with how are the people like define the business and the people you want to work with the list you want to manage and if Somebody fits in that that's listening to this right now. How can they get in contact with you to start working with you? Uh, well, I'm not going to blast my email address. That's totally podcast. okay. They can talk to you. They can talk to me, and that's fine. I'm happy you're screener. Or Clarissa, and you guys yep. can talk to me. Um, but no, it's so, yeah, we did kind of touch on this earlier on before we started recording. It's like what we're doing that not a lot of people see with the list management is we're building our own traffic network. Um, and so, we're all, it's all health and fitness based because that's that's our bread and butter. That's that's what we understand. Um, so Mike and I know we don't like. I don't understand financial world. I don't understand the survival. All these other niches don't get health and fitness. Get it, especially you know health more than fitness when it, when it comes to promoting stuff. Mm-hmm. So those are that's our bread and butter. That's our wheelhouse. So health lists. Um, Used, we used to not discriminate about size of the list, but you know, there's a team. Our, our the cut that we take isn't that big, and so it has to be worthwhile for us to to be able to do the work to send you send the list owner the money. Like we have to be able to make our own yeah. ends meet too. Um, and that depends. I, I don't even have a specific subscriber count in mind because it depends. It depends on if it's a leads list versus a buyers list. It depends on if it's consistently growing. Like if somebody says, oh, I have 10,000 buyers, like, eh. But, like, but we're adding 
consistently adding, you know, X number per week, like, oh, okay, it's growing. So then, yeah, okay, maybe we come back in a month or two and see where it's at. Or we can just start right then and there and just kind of gradually build up. Um, and there's really not that much more beyond that. It's like the size of it and how how easy you are to work with. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that the right person is a big one for yes. you, right? Like, yeah, because I've fired people before yeah, because well, they're pains in the butt. You don't have to work with everybody. Right. You know, you, you guys are very successful. Like, you get to work with people you want to. So so what are kind of some of the things you look for in, in somebody you want to work with? What are they? Um, how do they behave? Honestly, <laughs> honestly the, big, the easiest one is leave us alone. Because, That's like, we, we have a task. We have a task that we do on our side. We're obviously very good at it. Um, so just don't consist, don't, don't come back and complain like, Oh, this month was worse than last month. Like, yeah. Is, do you, have you never run a business before? Like right. that's, that's kind of the way things work. Yeah. Um, or, you know, why did you just like, you know, blah, 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 and like complaining and just consistently being in, in my inbox or my team's inbox being a thorn in our sides mm-hmm. about anything and everything. It's like, like, okay, you're done. Like you're fired. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's like, okay. And sometimes it's like, wait, what? It's like, yeah, we don't really, like, I'm not your employee. Mm-hmm. Just, and if this is how you treat your employees, I feel bad for your employees. Right. <laughs> you know, so there, there are some people that just go a little bit too ham in, in how they interact and in just what they do. And there are other people that are just busybodies and want to be involved in everything. And like, you know, just, just let us do our thing. Yeah. And sit back and take the money. Well, I think that's a big thing for working with any vendors, honestly. Yes. Like if you're hiring an agency or a vendor of some sort, you're hiring expertise that you don't yep. have. Or that you don't want to do. Yeah, or you don't want to do. So it's it's like, would you hire a maid and follow her around? Like you're not cleaning that, right? <laughs> right. Mm, I wouldn't make that choice. You right. know, like who would do you that? Didn't the dishwasher, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just like they would probably not come back pretty quickly. Yeah. Or you'd have to charge them. You'd have to pay them a lot more. Um, the average, uh, you know, cleaning individual. So, uh, no, I, I think that's great advice. And that's something that for not only for you, for anybody, they should, they should be taking that. So, well, again, Ed, I really appreciate the time. This is fantastic. It was really good hanging out and talking about this. I think there's immense value that people would take of it. And for those of you that feel like they might want to work with this, please reach out to myself, um, or Clarissa, who's your account manager. Um, and we could definitely see if it's a good fit. Um, and yeah, send people over, but more importantly, just go out there, treat people, right. <laughs> test your damn email, um, and have a great day. So, um, anything else before you go, you want to tell the people and the listeners, Ed? I don't think so. I think we could have probably kept going on and on. We probably could have. Yeah. And we talked a lot before <laughs> we even started recording <laughs> right. guys. So <laughs> great, great. Well, thanks so much again. And listeners, um, one thing I say is rate review, subscribe to the podcast. If you have any feedback, specifically, actually, what I really want to hear is what are the email questions you feel are not getting answered right now? What are the things that you want to talk about with the email in your business? Please comment on the links uh, to this podcast, and we'll make sure to curate some content specifically for you. We have some exciting conversations, people coming out. Um, so we're excited to continue to provide value um, with this podcast as much as we can. Other than that, be safe out there and have a good one. Thanks. Thanks.